Hello, and welcome to Digital Marketing Musings, hosted by Merkel. Each episode, we choose a different expert to discuss the latest and greatest in digital marketing trends. Today, we're interviewing Susie Jackson and Christina Easter about telecom marketing basics. All right, let's get to it. I'm Gaia Reed. And I'm Andrew McCartney. And this is Digital Marketing Musings. Welcome back to Digital Marketing Musings Season 2. Today, we're joined by Susie and Christina to talk about marketing for telecommunications. So to introduce our guest today, Susie Jackson is a creative director at Merkle and brings with her over 25 years of experience, including telecom sector clients like Cricket Wireless, AT&T, Quest, T-Mobile, Verizon, and Sprint. Definitely runs the gamut. Christina Easter brings 20 years of experience to her role as a senior creative strategist at Merkle uh, with a background in branding, communications, marketing strategy for F500 clients across telecom, financial services, insurance, and restaurants. We're so excited to have you both. Excited to be here. To get into this episode, we want to kind of give a a little bit of a, a prequel. So we've been doing a series of highlights across different verticals. Um, and we really spend a lot of time talking about, you know, retail and, and marketing, maybe more from a B2C perspective on the show historically. Uh, so we wanted to highlight some other verticals that, you know, we have a lot of um, deep knowledge and expertise in. We've dug into nonprofit marketing, CPG, B2B as a selling vehicle. And now we really wanted to, to focus in on, on telecommunications. So with that, To start with, we wanted to define a couple of basic parameters for this vertical specifically. Could you all describe for us, one, what do we define as the telecom product as? Like what fits in this category? I'll jump in on that one. So when it all began, it it really was just about um, connecting voice, like making calls. Um, And now it's truly about connecting our whole lives. So it's transformed, um, whether it's information, internet, entertainment. um, But smartphones, wireless devices have become the epicenter of our lives. Um, They've become instrumental to just the way we live, the way we connect to the things that matter, um, or even just the things that make us happy. Um, and, And that's really happened over a relatively short period of time. Right, Christina? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, thinking back on the first iPhone that launched in 2007, that was a, a mere 15 years ago. Um, and we think about how instrumental that device is in our day-to-day lives today, you know, whether it's bringing social media to your fingertips, uh, entertainment, games, just connecting us in so many different ways that we're so reliable on this, this instrument of uh, information that travels with us all of the time. And, you know, that's made possible by all the other pieces that we also use to define telecom, which is, you know, broadband, internet, cable and satellite services as well. So it's really such a broad category that has had such a a significant growth over, you know, the last two decades. And it's really an interesting space for us to continue to, to invest and just keep an eye on. And who are traditionally like the customers when we're talking about telecom or are there multiple customers that when we're, we're managing telecom clients that we're, we're taking the perspective of? So the traditional customer can be 
uh, B2B and B2C in this space. Um, so when we think about, you know, conducting business on a daily basis, um, you know, many businesses use this technology and, and wireless services to conduct business. Um, and when we think about the great resignation and, and people leaving uh, their roles, uh, oftentimes they're taking their phone numbers with them. And so the impact to contracts and uh, and, and services uh, as part of that is something that we have to keep in mind, which operates very differently than some of the more consumer-oriented services. But within those consumer-oriented services, we can think about um, like different personas and different breakdowns of audiences here, in the, particularly in the wireless space. And those are really around like those that are more established and the, the transient and stressed populations. And really how we talk to those folks and how we, um, you know, how we market to them is very different and how they use these devices is very different. Um, and these are really defined by, you know, social and economic uh, times we are living in right now. Yeah, all, all the things Christina said, because um, it, it's a it's a really important question, Gaia, that um, it, it really then drives how we approach marketing to these audiences and how we speak to them, how we look and how we dial into the emotional and rational cues that drive our creative. You know, we have definitely seen, you know, when we take a look at these audiences um, and, and how they use these products differently, you know, we have to take into consideration, you know, there are folks that, you know, can have up to, you know, 300 apps on their phone, whereas other members of the population are, are have limited data and are still operating on contracts without unlimited um, access. And so they're making trade-offs and decisions, um, and they're operating in a very different space mentally um, in how they interact with their device and how we speak to them about, you know, what this benefit, what this, um, you know, this device and this service brings to them is very different. And what's motivating them is very different. So this is making me wonder, Knowing the space and how all these differences are happening, how does our marketing change for telecommunication companies as compared to other um, you know, clients in other verticals? And at the same time, what are the aspects that are still the same? Yeah, great, great question, Andrea, because of course, you know, in every vertical, um, it's very reflective of um, um, sort of the times, right? Um, and so, but what's really different uh, for for um, telecom, uh, especially wireless, uh, for one thing, is that there is about 120% uh, penetration in the U.S. of people who have a wireless device. Um, and that's because it's over 100 because sometimes people have two lines. Um, so people already have the thing that we're selling. So it, it truly becomes this idea of um, it's an exercise of giving people a compelling reason to switch. And there, there's many barriers to that. Um, because switching isn't easy. Um, sometimes it's just simple inertia inertia. You know, maybe I'm not super happy with my carrier, but um, switching providers um, it is tough. You know, it's this is the epicenter of my life here in my hand, in my pocket. Um, and so people don't like to think about switching. So you really have to um, look at these very compelling reasons to give people to switch. And I think that's really different from other verticals. Yeah. I mean, I can imagine myself Five or 10 years ago, walking into a Verizon store and you have a super long wait and you're like constantly being upsold into like different aspects of the service. Like it's a lot of it's a big mental hurdle to have to think back to your previous experiences and like want to go through that experience again with another company. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. 
you know, and there's there's other things happening um, that are kind of unique to telecom, like, you know, the rapid and emerging innovations, you know, like 5G and things like that. I don't know if, uh, if Christina, you have any other thoughts? Yeah, I, I'd say one of the other challenges in, in marketing to this, um, you know, in this space is it's just a really highly regulated industry as well. Um, so between those emerging technologies yeah. and then new legislation, you know, in order to, you know, abide and be responsible marketers, uh, it's important for us to say, stay apprised of all of that. Um, and, you know, we're looking at, you know, new privacy laws coming in the, in the coming year as well, um, which will challenge us to, to really uh, think about how we are marketing in this space and how we are using the data that we have and, and that we know that we can use to, you know, make our services and, and our marketing more personalized and relevant. Um, but how do we do that in a really responsible way? And I think, you know, one of the unique things too about this industry is often the device in which your services are consumed is, um, you know, has influence over the, that consumer decision-making. Like think, for example, your wireless service, you, you mentioned Verizon, Cricket Wireless, others, you know, how they're being consumed is either, you know, they're using an iPhone or they're using a droid. And people are very passionate about, you know, what side of the, the table they fall there. Um, and, you know, taking that into consideration and kind of figuring out your role uh, as the provider here uh, and figuring out how you can best bring those, um, you know, those um, different products to life for them and, and to how that plays a role in their decision making. So knowing these differences, when you're putting together marketing plans for telecom, like what are the priorities that are, are different? Like, are you focusing on a, a specific aspect of the consumer lifecycle, knowing that everyone already has coverage and you don't really need to like spend a lot of time and, and maybe the awareness stage of, of the journey or what, what is just a little different than maybe a, a, another vertical? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, acquisition is, is a big priority, but obviously, you know, marketing 101 is, you know, it costs more to, to acquire a new customer than it does to keep one. Um, and so, you know, when we think about services such as cellular, home internet, satellite, cable, you know, and knowing what, a, what an obstacle it is to switching you know, it, their focus is really, you know, about getting people to have a compelling reason to change, um, you know, but at the end of the day, ensuring that you are remaining competitive and deliver the best experience so your customers are not easily swayed to, to move is really the goal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it seems like the long-term customer relationships and, and loyalty maybe becomes even more important than some other, some other organizations. Yeah, you know, that's that is true, um, in a sense. Um, and sometimes at least for wireless, um, you know, I don't know if it's as much loyalty as it is avoiding that hassle we were talking about of switching. Um, it can be overwhelming. Um, you might have multiple lines in your house and people with phones on different, you know, different timed um, contracts. And unless you know that you're really going to be saving money or something, um, it might not feel worth it. But interestingly, I think when you think about prepay versus postpay, so prepay like uh, Cricket, Metro, those kinds of things, or postpay like, you know, um, 
T-Mobile, Verizon, you know, those sorts of things, um, AT&T. Um, there's, in the prepay space, there's a very low churn rate a lot of the time. Um, and uh, But with postpay, instead of just out-and-out loyalty to a brand, you kind of have this contracted loyalty. Um, So you might say, you know, you're sort of stuck in your contract, so you're loyal. (laughs) But you might say that true loyalty happens, and this is just my opinion, in the prepay space where customers have opted in for, you know, their 30-day agreement, but then they stay loyal um, for years beyond. So it's an interesting way to look at at loyalty. It's a good uh, question, very unique to uh, telecom. Yeah, that makes sense. So as we're we're talking through these different ideas, do you have any like case studies or like published material that you can point to of like, yes, this is like the gold standard of uh, telecom marketing plans, communication, anything that stood out to you in terms of learnings, um, just a way to kind of make it more tangible for our listeners? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, um, I think that like when we think about all the things we've just mentioned about how competitive it competitive it is and how how much you have to sell people on the idea of switching. Um, I think it's really important, and I know a recent program where we did this, it's really important to take a look at the places where we're underperforming, you know, whether it's like certain markets that you just for some reason can't gain share or a segment who just doesn't seem to be as responsive to your brand. So sometimes you have to sort of turn things over upside down and not assuming um, that things will work and be successful for everyone everywhere the same way. Um, so the example I can think of is I worked on a program that was for a national prepay carrier um, and they wanted to see why they were under a, indexing um, with the black market. And so after digging in for some insights and things like that and how they felt about the brand, we found that um, some of the most recognizable features of the brand that were maybe a little bit more whimsical and playful were not resonating with this audience that they, they really wanted a solution that was more like sophisticated um, and really sort of kept up with their, their vibrant lifestyle. So we, we had to do a creative makeover, but of course still within the brand, you can't reinvent the brand. The brand is the brand um, for every segment. Um, but we needed to come across as kind of being more tech forward and able to keep up with that vibrant lifestyle, phone forward, all the, the latest bells and whistles. Um, and it turned out that the results were really great. There was a significant lift in performance over our BAU creative um, in the regular brand style um, delivered and compared to that um, same segment. So that one kind of that one kind of rises up for me. Susie, that makes me think of uh, another case study uh, and a program that we worked on where it was really a, a, a creative exercise of, you know, how we articulate the benefits to certain audiences. Um, and so uh, we identified that those kind of living closer to the border were more um, interested in free international calling. And so pulling that forward in the hierarchy of the message was more meaningful to that population than those that were less likely to travel. And so we were able to do some some benefits hierarchy messaging and testing in that space that was able to, you know, really drive real results in market. Yeah, good one, Christina. I remember that. Yeah, that was a good case. We're seeing a lot of market trends affecting 
know, verticals differently in the last few years. You, you can't read about the news without hearing about inflation, um, a lot of the supply chain issues throughout COVID, um, some emerging technologies like the metaverse that we've discussed a lot on this show, um, different privacy regulations or diversity initiatives. What are some of the impacts that telecom is maybe seeing or feeling a little bit more um, from some of the these wider market trends? Yeah, absolutely. So access to broadband continues to be a big topic in this industry. Uh, and the infrastructure kind of required to deliver that equitable service across the globe. And so the pandemic um, really highlighted that disparity in, in urban versus rural communities as workers and students were quarantined and forced to work and learn remotely. And so, you know, many rural communities were not able to support this, this change that happened so rapidly and were really kind of forced to, to upon them. And so, you know, as we think about, you know, how we can provide equity in that space and, and how that's going to come to life. Um, you know, there's there's just a lot of conversations and legislation related to that that's going to come about. And then, you know, obviously privacy legislation as well. So, you know, as I mentioned earlier, it's going to bring changes in this category, um, you know, as we are thinking about how we leverage location data, carrier signal, other models uh, kind of based on personally identifiable, inf identifiable information. Um, you know, where do we draw the line in terms of being responsible marketers and, you know, you know. Where are we drawing on in terms of what's making it useful and relevant to the consumer um, while still giving them the, you know, and respecting their privacy? Yeah, um, great points, Christina. Um, very much so. And as we as we look at this sort of economic situation we're, we're all living in um, um, and kind of going beyond and just sort of putting ourselves in the mindset of our, our prospects and our consumers, um, you know, as the economy is having its ups and downs and mostly downs <laughs> lately, it'll be really interesting to keep an eye on the resulting consumer behavior. Um, and one thing that comes to mind that we should watch out for in wireless anyway, is this idea of the postpay audience maybe jumping to prepay to get kind of the same wireless satisfaction, um, but for a lot less. Um, so it's almost like that, um, you know, get this look for less. And right. then they show like the examples in retail where you can get this whole outfit, um, but now you can pay like, you know, a third of the price. So it, it's sort of that same way with prepay and postpay. Christina, I had read a while back, generally uh, around the topic that you just touched on of rural communities not having access to a lot of broadband or, um, you know, maybe small towns having specific agreements with one provider to kind of have a, a monopoly in a smaller area. Do you know anything around, you know, the legislation that has maybe changed during the pandemic or come about? Is there anything combating some of that mono, uh, monopolistic like power of some of the, the providers in, in more rural areas to give them more incentive to, um, you know, increase broadband speed or access to other providers? Yeah, I can't speak specifically to the, the um, okay. you know, combating the monopoly, but I know that there is, you know, legislation and, and, and folks are really taking a closer look at, you know, how do we make these services available at a, a broader scale and what's the infrastructure required to make that happen and how do we pull those, those players in to, to work together for the, for the common good 
knowing that this is a need that we have across the globe and across the nation? Well, what, one thing to sort of add on that topic um, that we've seen recently is, um, you know, there's been this rise of um, government-assisted programs so that people can get their connections, like the Affordable Connectivity Program. Um, and it, it's it's sort of a whole different ballgame as far as marketing um, that to see if you qualify for this assistance could be very relevant to your core audience, um, especially in prepay, um, where people might be a little more budget conscious. Um, and so um, the whole sort of path to purchase and the journey is very different um, and a little bit tricky to market to because you have to sort of leave um the, the journey and go out, find out if you're qualified, come back in. Um, but it still is something that matters, um, you know, to wireless carriers um, like Cricket, for example, um, because it's, imp- you know, they believe it's important to support, you know, connectivity for all. And, it, and it's in their best interest as well, because it might, you know, invite more people into their fold and people who want to stick with them because they really value getting that savings every every uh, month in order to keep their families connected to work and school and everything else. 2022 uh, brought some legislation that actually made uh, available uh, several grants to incentivize some of those players to actually um, build out infrastructure into some of those, um, those communities that um, did not have access to broadband. Um, and so those are one of the ways in which they're working to, to make this, um, you know, available at a, bro- a broader scale. Right. Uh, and then as we're wrapping up our episode today, just want to check in to see if there's any main takeaways that you want our listeners to walk away with and, and knowing about and thinking about. Um, so yeah, any, any, anything from that perspective that y'all want to share? Yeah, I, I would just um, kind of echo what we started uh, the conversation with that, you know, telecom really is one of the most fascinating industries we have the pl- pleasure of working with, um, just because there's so much innovation and it's constantly evolving. Um, so just continuing to learn and challenging us all to to figure out this new way of working and this new technology, uh, you know, day after day is is inspiring. And, and you know, it's you know, I feel like as a as a society, we're really just scratching the surface of, of where we can go. Um, and, you know, and understanding how we can deliver on the consumer need and how all of this information fits into our daily lives and makes our lives better and easier. Um, that's really our challenge as marketers is how we can bring that to life and how we can fulfill on that need in a, in a meaningful way while also building affinity for the brands. agree, Christina. Um, You know, it is because of that constant evolving and the technology um, that we we can't really take anything for granted. You know, forget BAU. Um, Go out in this new, you know, Wild West and explore ways to market telecom. Um, We shouldn't limit ourselves to the way things, you know, have always been or the way we've always done things because, it's, it's truly a journey over time uh, to who knows where. Um, and so we need to stay nimble, open, and um, creative. Wonderful. Well, Susie, Christina, thank you so, so, so much <laughs> for joining us today and sharing your knowledge about telecom marketing. Uh, to your all's point, there's a lot going on uh, and definitely a lot mm-hmm. of challenges, opportunities, uh, all those sorts of things that we, we do every day. Um, so again, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having us. It was great. Yeah, thank you. That brings us to the end of this episode of Digital Marketing Musings. If you have an idea for an episode, we'd love to hear it. Just drop us a note at digitalmarketingmusings at merkelink.com. 
And of course, don't forget to subscribe uh, as well as rate and review our show. It helps others find us. And we're always appreciative when you tell a friend. This episode was produced by Merkel with sound and video editing by Craig Zagurski. Our team includes copywriting by Annika Schliesman, graphic design by Garrett Rubel, website support by Bella Paul and Emily Chu, and social media and promotion by Gina Astrop and Andrea Radner. Tune in next time. And until then, I'm Andrew McCartney. And I'm Gaia Reed. Bye.